This is Carton Deputation, and I'm Nancy Devitt-Tremblay. So the album that's coming out now has 15 songs. I wrote everything, I composed everything. It's a personal album. It holds me, folds me, slides in my arms, moves Introducing Leon the singer, French and German, based in Berlin, and a pop star in the making. all my tears, jumps in my ears, to take me out. Leon, I am really glad to be catching up with you and I'm excited I'm going to be able to make a podcast showcasing your new album, The Noise Beside Your Thoughts. Now we've known each other for a few years because my Berlin-based son Joseph has helped make some of your music videos in the past. So suffice to say, I've been enjoying your music for a while and I've been telling people, this guy's going to be a star, you've got to listen to Leon's music. Um, and recently you reached a new moment in your career after a lot of hard work this winter you released a self-produced second album and you're in the process of promoting the album with concert dates all around Europe um, concerts that you weren't sure you would even be able to have in the COVID winter we'll have to hear all about that in a bit and for now the noise beside your thoughts you came here lost and you've got found from noise you turned it into sound what does the title mean? What's the noise? First of all, thank you for having me. Like, I'm really glad to, to be here talking with you. So the noise to me represents the misconceptions and the judgments. It's like, it's everything that made me feel like I didn't belong. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like everything I try to overcome in my life. And um, I feel like everyone faces the noise. It's personal to everyone, but to me, it represents the insecurity. Since thinking about that, I, I'm hearing, I'm aware that I can hear the noise inside my thoughts too. I think we all can. And sometimes we really have to shut that down, don't we? <laughs> They were like, keep dancing, I was like, keep cool They were like, keep singing, I was like, keep cool They were like, keep doing all your things Then you see that everything's gonna be alright They were like, keep fighting, I was like, keep cool They were like, keep smiling, I was like, keep cool They were like, keep going on, keep going on Well, don't worry I haven't planned to stop, oh honey I'm never gonna drop, it's been a long way And now I'm here to stay Well I don't know about tomorrow, but at least I know about today um, Rolling Stone magazine online featured your album and when I saw that I was so excited and I'm not quoting directly but it, it, they kind of indicated that the album is a kind of a comfort and a celebration for queer youth and so who did you have in mind when you wrote and produced the album and who did you write it for? Uh, I wrote this album for me, like really that was like a personal project and I decided to to do it only for myself this time because I felt like I had been doing music for maybe six or seven years already and it's like through the years I started to to take more and more the feedbacks from my friends or from people who listen to my music and I would kind of take every opinion so 
that process of making this album was a bit like coming back to making music for myself and and not listening to everyone else's opinion because I feel like that's also the message of the album. So, and I, I think it's also like once I was about to release it, I wrote this text about the album, about what it represented to me. I realized it was like for the teenage me, you know, because writing all these songs was um, something that I feel like every song was a song I needed as a teenager while growing up and while discovering myself. Um, it was kind of like to have a representation for myself, you know, the representations I didn't get to have growing up. And also for the community, because, you know, like, I think that's a, an, an openly queer album. So it's not only for queer people, it's for everyone. But I think as a queer person, I, yeah, that I, it can only yeah it can only like represent what i lived you know growing up so yeah. and it can be very liberating for people to listen to it yeah i think this album is uh, about self-empowering you know like that was like the first keywords i told myself the first song i wrote for this album was we can addicted to my phone i don't know what's going on but i'm losing myself the best of me now I deal with the rest of me I've been losing myself can't you see I'm disappointed why couldn't you wait a little longer man I shouldn't have expected but I thought your love was much stronger first one who came to you already took my place you just needed some attention now you're giving him some space I don't know what to tell you You know that I'm lonely You don't know what you do But soon you're gonna miss me Of course I get it all Cause I'm not afraid to fall Have to self and enjoy I thought I was your boy It's a song about like, yeah, moving on Like, um, even though you're like feeling really sad or really depressed You're just like, you're gonna dance through it How did the personal work that you did help you get through the production of this album, get you unstuck? Like, I think therapy and analysis was something I needed to do in order to overcome how I felt about myself and to be able to deconstruct a lot of the prejudices I had about my own self. This album is like about deconstructing the themes, you know, like being gay and I don't know, like um, just feeling different, like this this feeling of not belonging. So I, I needed to deconstruct that in order to understand who I was and why I felt the way I felt. And so shame was something I realized through this process that I was feeling. And I think I realized during the, the end of the writing process of the album, I, I read a book called um, Daring Greatly from Brené Brown and he talks a lot about shame and how, how we grow this shame within us, like almost all of us, because it's just something like, you know, um, that's like very big in our society. I like memos from the, I have memos from the, the, the moment I wrote it, like, uh, I don't know if that's interesting for you, but I could 
show you sure, yeah. just like that. Uh, should I get my phone to show you? Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, so Shane. So I wrote it on the 16th of April, two days before my birthday. Anyway, dramatic. <laughs> uh, shame, shame, shame. It's... Shame, shame, shame. Okay, so wait. So actually, like, yeah, the idea was kind of uh, this feeling like of breaking, you know, like you want to cry. So my voice is just like, ah. It's so interesting. When you sit down, you have feelings yeah. and you just have to be very vulnerable and just start singing and trying all kinds of different things with your voice and that's, I didn't realize you were going to play I thought you were giving reading some notes from your phone those were your voice notes that was amazing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like the process I mean that's that's the process actually like every time I have an idea I take my phone and and I either go to the piano or if I'm if I don't have a piano I I just like but it starts with lyrics then Let's say it starts with a feeling, then with lyrics, then chords, then the whole process. Like, but but so yeah. Oh, I'm interrupting you. Did you always play the piano? Uh, no, I started to play the piano because I had these feelings and I wanted and I had these these ideas of songs and I was like that like that was my thing like that was a secret first you know so I still I kept that that way of composing it's just me like no one no one knew about that I was in my room I woke up and and if I'm with other people in the in the same house I might even like whisper it because it has to be mine and until it it becomes like something I can show to people you know what I mean like so it's kind of like the way I process my feelings yeah I remember when we heard um, a version of this, probably in the summer in Berlin, I, I was so impressed by all the layers and I didn't really, cause I'm not a composer. I didn't really um, know how to explain it, but I could hear that you have to like, you're, it's not just writing poetry, it's, it's layering so many different elements. Every month, every day, every week, like I would just go back to it and I add things. But it wasn't much like a process of of making something and then taking ideas away. I, I work this way. I actually like build up things like a painting, actually. Yeah, it's, Especially it's, this exactly. album. It's kind of like a collage for me. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense to me because that's it's kind of I could kind of hear that that you'd had you just yeah. like you know painted over and painted and found all the and to be doing that by yourself, making all that music, composing it all. It must be so challenging. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of um, self-empowering, actually. There's a crack in my heart since you said you want to be friend. I've been falling apart to 120 BPM. The moment you started, I knew we were close to the end. 
been trying not to worry But you know me, I can pretend You brought me all the way up Now I'm falling down If I didn't want you by my side I bet you'd be around But dead in my protection Tell me all the truth Intuition's never lie, my friend I must enjoy my the album is also a celebration of life in Berlin and maybe a criticism of some aspects of the scene. Um, can you tell me a bit about your Berlin story and you're French and you're German and from Montpellier and you came to Berlin to find what? Yeah, um, so I moved to Berlin uh, right after my studies. Um, I was 22 and I had been like, I would say locked in university for four years in Essen-Werden, which it was amazing. My studies were amazing, but it was like very intense and it was like quite a strict school. I learned a lot about discipline and, you know, I, I think I moved to Berlin because it was like actually the only place I have ever felt like free to be myself. And, and this is an important part of this project because this album became this journey through identities um with maybe the conclusion that we all are more than one thing you won't miss me because i am your one night stand when you don't understand life anymore mm, one night stand telling all of your friends we're nothing more one night stand No, I'm not your boyfriend But you say uncle One night stand Darling, don't you pretend Cause you wanted more The boy's not in love But he wants me more Than anyone ever did before and, uh, So what I learned in Berlin is um, To become who I am, I think and also to understand better uh, the LGBTQ plus community, which I didn't even know I was like part of. And uh, yeah, as you, as you say, I celebrate the brighter sides of it as much as I criticize some aspects of the community. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but yeah, Berlin to me is like this place where you can really like explore and, uh, and um, try out different identities, you know? I think he wants to marry me, but I'm not ready. He tried to roll me up. The boy couldn't stop anymore. His world is so dramatic when it could be romantic. Don't wanna sound sarcastic, but I am your one night stand when you don't understand life anymore. Since releasing the album, you have been able to get back on stage. Can you tell me about how it's felt and about some of the places you've performed? Is it amazing? Is it... I mean, it feels great to be back on stage. I, I feel like something has changed within all of us since COVID. So it, it took a minute to readjust and getting used to it again. Like, I mean, as much for me on stage as for the audience, I could feel like, you know, it took like a bit of time to like re-understand like how it works. Uh, but I also feel like I, I belong on stage. That's like the one place where I feel like I belong. Because when I'm on stage, I have like no fear. And 
yeah, it kind of felt like being back home after a long time away from it, you know? So yeah, I've been, I've done six shows so far and I'm looking for more gigs. I'm actually looking for a booking agency, like in order to like get more gigs. So. So what cities have you been to for, for gigs? So I've done a, a show in Berlin, then in Paris, then Montpellier, my hometown, then Bremen, which was like, like no offense to the other audiences, but really Bremen was like the craziest audience I've ever met. Uh, they were like wild, they were like on fire. And that was like, that really gave me back like some confidence that I had lost, I think, like during COVID. And the last show was in uh, Leipzig, which was also amazing because we were like um, in a, a theater called Lofts. And uh, it, it was like great conditions. Like it, I've never played in such good conditions. So it's also new for me right now to, to be able to have like these amazing setups. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Oh my goodness. Last summer when COVID restrictions were lifted a little bit in Berlin and I was there, you were able to do a small outdoor concert. Now that just felt so, so different and so rare to, to, for us to attend anything in public. It was so, it was so special. And you had played the piano by yourself. You still managed to dance. You had somebody helping you a little bit with your costumes and it was fantastic. But I was sitting up at the front and I could actually tell you were nervous. I mean, people wouldn't have known. And we talked about it after. And, um, and so can you tell me a little bit about performing? Because you kind of perform a bit in a persona of Leon the singer. And so is it sometimes hard to kind of get into that persona? And do you feel self-conscious? It sounds like maybe you're breaking through that self-consciousness. But... Yeah, I think, I, don't, I think it's, um, I was very nervous for that show because they were, a lot of people I knew who came and who had never seen me perform before. And also it was the, the first show with an audience again after, after a year and a half of COVID, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did care. They loved it. <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> that show, yeah, that show was really a, a great, great night. I really enjoyed it. to your question about like um like what it takes to get into the persona um like i think i need to put myself in a place of owning it and like i need to spend time alone before the shows i think i always like need that moment where i have like five or ten minutes like with like nobody or just me with myself and also in order to also like get rid of the noise you know and for that i need like to put myself like in a I often do like breathing exercises and, uh, but it's interesting because since the, the new show, I haven't done like all these things before the shows. I've almost never had time before the shows because we were like setting up the, the setups and the lights and everything. And I'm always like too ambitious about it. It takes like a lot of efforts before the show. So it's kind of like the show is starting like, and then I, I don't have time. Like I'm doing the makeup, I need to eat something small and then I'm going on stage because <laughs> I can't like be as late as I want to be. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm usually always wanting to start the show when I like feel that fire within me. And 
now it's often like I have to start at 8.30 or at 10 and like, you know, <laughs> a perfectionist nightmare because you're a perfectionist <laughs> exactly so i'm like pissing off everyone with like my my plastic folio which is the setup of the show i'm like no it's like not really like uh, looking okay. right right now <laughs> so, like one centimeter and yeah but i mean and people say no we're stopping now and the show has to start yeah 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 Oh, that's great. Yeah, I can't be a diva. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can still be a diva a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not even being a diva in the end. It's just like uh, doing the show you want to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Some of your songs have diva aspects. We'll talk about that in a sec. But okay, can you describe, can you describe with a couple of keywords your sound? What, what are the influences we hear? It's a bit rough. But it's also like always ending up being elegant. You know, I like mixing textures. But yeah, my my I consider my my music to be pop new wave. But I also feel like it's not up to me to to define what my sound is. You know, like I prefer for like people to do that because it's too close to me. Like I'm making it, so sometimes I'm I don't know um, what it is. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I've heard people say it's pop music that's electronic, that it's maybe inspired by Madonna in the 80s. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if we talk about influences, like I'm really influenced by Madonna, but also by James Blake, <sighs> Depeche Mode, um, Talking Heads, Eurythmics. So a lot of like 80s uh, new wave bands. And also, uh, there's a bit of soul, I think, in my music, because it always comes from like this vulnerable place. So I think I really learned that from Nina Simone. Like, I've, like Nina Simone is like one of my favorite artists. And I always listen to her music. At times, I, at times I, like, I don't like anything anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I know I can always come back to her music and I'm going to feel what I need to feel. So... I think a lot of people feel that way about Nina Simone. Do you know what that group of people you just listed? I interviewed a lot of them over the years, but the person that left me speechless, really, yes. Um, but the person who left me speechless, who I gushed in front of was Nina Simone. When I met her, I just lost it. I was a complete fan. I did. And I was a complete fangirl. Like I was just, cause you know, when you interview people, you have to act like all oh, cool. I was not cool. I was just like, I love your music. You mean so much to me. I, thank you for existing. She was very, very nice. She was very nice. It was backstage at a fashion show in Paris. I don't know what show she was at, but yeah, she was so cool. Oh my God. So, and really nice considering I was a bit goofy. Martin, you sin again and again. Martin, you sin again and again. You make me fall in love with you every time I see you. You make me fall in love with you every time I see you. So which songs on the album do you find people are resonating with? Now you're trying things out in public situations. Um, can you tell me about one or two of the songs, how they came to be? Um, and, and yeah, what people are responding to. 
Uh, yeah, so the songs that that resonated the most so far have been I Mean and One Night Stands. I'm happy about that because as I said earlier, like um, One Night Stand was one of these songs that I was scared to release it when I wrote it. So I think it took me a year of working on my own perceptions and on not caring too much about what people were going to think about it. I think you took it personally. My confidence is rich. Though I admit I might sometimes be a little bit. And I Mean um, is a song that I wrote at the beginning of COVID, um, like two months into the pandemic. I started to write uh, this one and I remember feeling really angry and, and I was like really not patient anymore. Like I was really like just mad of the situation, uh, mad of like not being able to like enjoy my youth. I see it all from a new perspective, I gotta say. It's interesting the way you love me every other day. And all Writing this song was like super liberating. So I love playing it live and seeing people dancing on it. Like, I feel like that's the song wherever I am, like people are dancing to it, you know? It's, uh, that makes me really happy. I've been told a lot of comments from like professionals that I've contacted and I've sent them I mean, you know, because it's usually like a fan favorite or like at least my audience like it most. And I've had a lot of like, this is too theatrical or um, yeah, like it sounds too 80s or whatever, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> you guys should come to the show and see how like this crowd of young people is dancing to that song, you know, but yeah. I guess they'll they'll regret later <laughs> and they'll eventually figure out that the young people like that 80s music and it's not 80s you've you've reworked you've done your own reverberations and applications of it but i mean i, I do agree that this song really sounds like it's straight it's coming straight from the 80s you do uh, right? but, it, feels, so. it feels like it feels very you but it, it sounds like your creation So in constructing your songs, um, where did you find some of your lyrics? Did you, how much did your life and the thing, your environment in Berlin affect the, the things that ended up in the songs? Sometimes they're very conversational. Sometimes they're uh, sarcastic and sometimes they're a little bit nasty and very funny. And so tell me about how you, uh, you assembled all of those uh, layers of uh, lyrics. Yeah. Um... You know, it's always inspired by things I live or things I felt and, and then I romanticize into these stories, you know. But there is a song um, called Alphabets on the album. It sounds like really naive and cute, but it's actually like the saddest song on the album. And it, it was inspired by uh, the overconsuming of drugs in the community and, um, and the party scene in Berlin. My baby duty and then he does see 
until he wants K And then comes LMNOP Okay, he's got an alphabetical disorder Because I had a good friend who was like getting numb into drugs and the party scene and just like wanting to like not feel what they feel, you know? And I think, yeah, I think that was like my concern also for writing this album. I was like, shit, like, I don't want to like get to that point where, where I just like don't want to feel anything anymore because it's too painful. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking about the alphabet song and because I'm an old 65 year old lady uh, I didn't understand that for the longest time. This was really like a, a comment to like people who think they're so cool to be like yeah who wants to do G or C or whatever you know in the middle of a party. I'm like I don't get it like how can you make that sound cool like because this isn't cool you know like I'm never gonna support like doing drugs actually like it's really don't you cry, my friend Soon you'll get high all over again Pretty old-fashioned, I think, but it's also... Yeah, it's related to, like, my relationship to death, you know? I've lost my father when I was 14, and I think I have, like, this different perception of... Um, of being alive, you know, and just being grateful to be alive, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, also, a deep respect for your body, which is bringing me to the question of some singers pick up dancing because they need to perform on the stage and do something, but you took a different path. You are highly trained. You, you, you're really used to expressing a lot of things um, through dance. So do you want to tell me about, about that part of your life and your training and and the school you went to. Yeah, yeah, I've started to dance when I was uh, seven. Yeah. When I was 12, I entered the Conservatory of Dance and Music in my hometown in Montpellier. Uh, stayed there for six years. I did like a special, um, how do you call it? Like uh, I graduated like in a special school in order like to have dance being like my main subject. And then I went to Germany to Essen to, to continue studying like contemporary dance in the Folkwang Universität. And that's a that's an important place, right? It's like an important place. Like that's where Pina Bausch studied as well. And she had a big influence on the on the school and the yeah, like uh, Pina Bausch is really like a reason why this school is that famous, I think. But as I said earlier, like it's a really disciplined and uh, strict place. I mean, it's it's an amazing school. I, I've had like really great teachers and I've learned so much. For me to tell you that you can find Leon the Singer on Spotify and Bandcamp too. Search up Leon the Singer to find the noise beside your thoughts and Projections, an earlier album, plus E-Love, a terrific EP. Je <laughs>
can follow Leon the Singer on Instagram for announcements about upcoming concerts and video releases. Thank you so much for your interest in like taking your time to interview me. I'm delighted. I'm delighted. And I wish you all the best and lots of concert dates the whole summer long. Wait, next time you come to Berlin, we'll have a tea on my balcony. That's so great. Okay, so I'll see you soon. This was Carton d'Invitation. I'm Nancy Devitt Tremblay, and I thank you for listening.